second host in question and we're back and better than ever <laughs> better than ever we did have a little bit of a fall off era but we're back now do you miss us <laughs> yeah we took a bit of a hiatus after our last episode um and in that time did a lot of regrouping and we're back mm-hmm. we're back for our listeners we didn't go anywhere we we're here that's all that matters. Yeah, we had to like build up the tension a little bit. Right, pull, right. Push know. and pull. You want what you can't have. You mm. know, we we made you think that we forgot about you, but the whole time we were just rebuilding, you know, regrouping. Rebuilding rebranding. our brand, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, making moves in silence, <laughs> if you will. And whatnot, just so we can speak loudly into the mics <laughs> later. <laughs> Anyways, so the entire month of August has passed basically. And damn, we have a lot of we have a lot of reflecting to do. Dia went to Mexico City and came back. CDMX. CDMX. I was right here. <laughs> How was that? Let's let's get into that. Yeah, so CDMX was awesome. I was trying to have a little bit of an off-the-grid moment in the beginning there. I, I'm i sure no one really noticed, but I, like, deactivated my socials. Cause I, was, I like, noticed. I felt every <laughs> second of your loss, <laughs> of, of <laughs> your absence. My absence was felt. But, yeah. Um, and it didn't last very long, though. But I was trying to live in the moment. And it was nice. I think Mexico City is really beautiful, and um, the area that we stayed in was really beautiful, too. We stayed close to um, Plaza de Rio de Janeiro, and it was good. The food was really good, and the architecture was really nice, too. Um, A few years ago, I went to see Luis Barragan's home and studio, and then I walked by one of the houses he designed close to Parque Mexico, and that was really sick picture on my ig if you want to go look at it but yeah <laughs> yeah it was really it was really nice but you said something you were like it's it's all like people in their 30s or something like yeah there it was older. an older crowd for sure a lot of older people with tattoos and dogs um that was the vibe i got and also a lot of foreigners um a lot of white people on the area oh hell no yeah bushwick 2.0 bushwick 2.0 and um a lot of the social media influencers you can just tell because they record everything and (laughs) i don't know but um but yeah i feel like their presence was felt too the remote workers 
Yeah. Wait, keep it real. Did the price of the taco go up? Uh, <laughs> because of all these people? Yeah. The, the area that we were in had pretty pricey food. Um, but, like, I don't know. Because I, I don't know if it's just because you're in a city. I don't know what the price was before. <laughs> but True. I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah, it did go up. Which is interesting. I saw an article about CDMX the other day, but it was kind of like this right-wing thing, this right-wing talk. I sent it to you, but it was basically about how CDMX locals were complaining that like white professionals from Europe and America were moving to the city to do remote work, to just like kind of be layabouts. But um, they were complaining about them just like, you know, driving prices up and you know whenever there are big influxes of like foreign tourists or you know like nomad workers or whatever the fuck they call themselves (laughs) shit shit changes for the locals or whatever so basically they were the article was like criticizing that movement and how it's like parasitic but then a bunch of conservatives were like see this is this is why we don't want you know, immigration generally was like a blanket what? statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's just the difference. That's yeah, that's just just not the same thing. But um, you know what? It lacks nuance, right? It lacks nuance. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I think I saw that article, but I couldn't read it because it had it was paywalled, and my paywall bypass extension didn't work for it. So I I didn't get to read it, but I know what article you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That that's true. I would say, I don't know. There was like a lot of uh, foreigners from Europe. I noticed. They there weren't that many Americans. So I've heard. Bro- how how does it go? Berlin is the new Brooklyn, but now I'm hearing CDMX is the new Berlin. <laughs> so if you do the math, <laughs> I don't know. You you just can imagine the type of individuals out there. I, I still think that there's like. You know, it shouldn't define the the place. You know, like I'm sure it right, is like really right. really cool in and of itself. It is. I want to go. Cool. You have to. You have to take no, me. No, we gotta go. We gotta go. I was with my mom and my sister, so this is like a side of CDMX I didn't get to fully explore. But I'll be back. I'll mm. be back. And we will trust. We will explore that part. Yeah. Okay. What else has happened in the months, in in the entire month since we've been back? I mean, a lot of shit has gone down, I have to say. I have to say, I've just been observing, looking, watching, and keeping my mouth shut. But now I'm ready to speak on some things. I mean, it's crazy. First, I have to say, I have to say, last episode, we finished off and we were talking about watching Minions or something. Mm. And we need to make a formal, review. you know, review. I need Break to declare down. a fatwa on analysis. On this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, first of all, it sucked. You know, <gasps> kind of really like I, it. It was just like I didn't like it. It was a children's movie. It wasn't made for me, but <laughs> I didn't like it. And yeah. there was no Yeet song at there all. There was no Yeet song. No, no. I feel like the the main thing, yeah, we were misled. We were misled. There was no rich minion. The minions were... They were broke minions. They were broke. 
<laughs> it wasn't even really a come up story, which is what you know you would think it's like the rise of the right. It's not really. It wasn't really a come up story. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't. Maybe about the I power mean, of friendship. <laughs> yeah, but he he should have kept his circle small, as they say. Facts. All these minions around him. Facts. Ugh. Okay, I also have to say, since we left off, our rating has gone down. <laughs> let's address it. Let's let's, let's address speak it. On it. Let's speak on it. We had we have seventeen reviews. Whichever hating ass listener gave us um, <laughs> no okay i'm playing i'm playing you know i honestly think that something that's less than five stars is a more honest reflection of um our content because you know you can't make everybody happy you can't yeah. always be on top as they say and um yeah we're at 4.8 honestly maybe it was my 9-11 jokes i don't take back anything i said i said what i said you're standing no, on it you guys know I'm being <laughs> facetious, but um, yeah, that is um, let a hundred flowers bloom. Fuck it. <laughs> we need to open like an anonymous thing where like people can. Yeah, you can mail us letters and stuff. Yeah. Formal complaints. Don't mail us anything. Actually, I'm kind of nervous. About that. <laughs> but let's have a let's open our PO box. Let's let's make it interactive. Maybe I I feel like so I feel like this whole like anonymous ask FM vibe mm. that was so popular in middle school that everybody used to like cyberbully. It's kind of coming back now, and people are like, oh, ask me questions. The curious something curious, curious cat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I always thought it was a little bit childish when people did that. Like, yeah, ask me who questions. has the time? Who has the time? Sometimes. I, I don't know, like, you just have to keep an air of mystery about you. Like, why are you revealing all your innermost secrets? But it's not secrets. It's, like, questions. You can anon- anonymously ask people questions and they answer them. Yeah, but why reveal the truth when you can just respect the Yeah, mystery? it's like you're having this weird public conversation. You're it's not like a you're 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 just you're a not a celebrity, but you're person. yeah, you're kind know. of like doing this weird <laughs> public conversation between you and this anonymous person, and like everybody's kind but of but everybody's like, like just yeah. observing. It's interesting. It's really interesting. But yeah, I think it's good that we have some some negative reviews because can't please everyone. Yeah, we're and saying like it's so negative was probably just like four stars, which four is like stars. I've been but if I'm thinking about it, like four stars is pretty it. good. Yeah, S- something shifted, something changed. Something shifted, something changed. <laughs> something. Our vibes. Our vibes. <laughs> but yeah, DBN, we're we're back at it and we're going we're going hard because you know what we realized we were thinking about it and we were like you can't just half-ass something that you're doing, you know? Like if you're doing something, you have to go in. Right, right. If you don't water the plant, it won't grow. Facts. You have to just put your energy into it and never give up. Never give up. And the power, the power, <laughs> the, power the power of man. will and discipline. Exactly. Like Rich Homie Kwan said, I promise I will never stop going in. Exactly. 
and we pledge to you guys we will never stop going in (laughs) 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 okay um two other more tangential things about dbn you know we're getting meta we're talking we're talking about dbn big picture i was this happened a few weeks ago in in the middle of our like unintentional hiatus or whatever i was like folding laundry and i get a call from my friend zoe Mm. out in london oh yeah i get a call yeah yeah so i get a call and it's my my good friend zoe and meg and they're calling me they're like hodge you will not believe this but we're like out right now they were like at the club or something in the smoking section and they're like so we meet this girl and she's american and we start telling her that we have this american friend she's so cool she's amazing she has this podcast death by nuance whatever and then this girl that they're with this random american girl she goes oh wait yeah i know death by nuance i listen to them Oh my god! And I'm like, no fucking way! And and then Zoe was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, we confirmed. We we're like, are we talking about the same, the same DBN? Sick minion. Like, yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah, yeah. And this is when we had like three episodes out or something. I was like, no fucking way! I was like, put put the bitch on the phone. I want to talk to her. <gasps> and I talked to Shorty. Shout out to her. Her name is like Brittany, something little blonde girl. Bless her. She was from North Carolina, and I was just like, "Shorty, you you listen to DBN?" And she was like, "Yeah, like my friend recommended it to me." And it was just one of those things. It was just one of those things because I was I was kind of like in my head about it. I was like, "Man, like you know, this is kind of like you know, one foot in, one foot out. Like you know, I feel like we could be going harder with DBN or whatever." Like, and this was just like, "Damn, people are listening." So whoever she is, shout out to her. I hope we didn't scare her away with the last. <laughs> yeah that's awesome we're all connected in this silly we're little all life connected that was fate that was that was fate God. like what are the odds that happens in a whole other you know god sent me that little white girl <laughs> to tell us to never stop going in she was she was our message shout out to, <laughs> shout out to her thank you thank you yeah, we got some requests uh, from our fellow DBN listener, Ashley. Shout out to Ash. Um, to talk about... What's his name? Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't on my yeah, radar we before, kind of, but... Now it's like this whole, this whole thing. Yeah, so since we were gone, there's been kind of this thing emergence and kind of you know cancellation of this shadowy figure known as Andrew Tate he was kind of on my radar before it was just kind of like this unavoidable thing um I'm sure everybody's familiar with him at this point now kicked off he's like this right but so he's like this douchey um former kickboxing now crypto dude i don't know he's bald he wears skinny jeans um he's like really super arrogant and misogynistic um and he like kind of does this thing where it's like this weird like motivational social critique um like 
it's kind of like pickup artisty. I feel like a little bit interesting um, because he speaks very authoritatively about like dating in like the modern <laughs> the modern age, um, and his opinions on like women and like men are really interesting. You know, he's he's he speaks about like things like entitlement, the obligations of like women in relationships to serve to, you know, very, very like traditional, like feminine, you know, divine feminine attributes or whatever. Um, but on the other end of that as well, he also talks about how like men just aren't men anymore and generally about how like society is. Im- like emasculating men or something i don't know I, mm-hmm. I see his videos come up and they're like obviously inflammatory he he of course has that one statement about only fans and he's like are you familiar with that what do you say okay he said he said something about how like um like what's it called if a if a girl has a boyfriend and she has an only fans and he's entitled to like a portion of her earnings because by virtue of him being her boyfriend and yeah and so he like says stuff like this like oh that's that's his property that's whatever and he has this like a weird little accent and he's such a fucking loser honestly but yeah he sounds like a loser he has this massive appeal and i think i okay so i was like not trying to like intellectualize whatever he's on but i really think that like i see the basis i'm not saying i understand with him uh, i mean i under i'm you know, in agreement with him, but I understand the basis through which he's like, you know, he's tapping into, you know, whatever. A lot of people have been saying this of like, it's, it's like so shocking to like, I guess like um, American society to hear all this stuff, but this is so any like, you know, traditional non-white family. No, (laughs) like this, this already exists. These eras. What is it? Machismo in. Yeah um hispanic cultures but also like i i don't know like he he's just like another like arab brown guy you know what i'm saying this this whole like entitlement thing which like also has to some degree an element of like you know protect women you know provide for them whatever Mm -hmm. um it's really strange but it's also like i understand where it's coming from because i think not to do this whole like intellectualizing you know, incel type rhetoric, but he's speaking to a generation of men that are largely, I guess, like emasculated by the conditions of like modern society in the sense that like men just feel really like, I don't know, this this air of entitlement that they automatically have about them is being withered away by, you know, diminished prospects, um, you know, heightened agency that women have or perceive um, this, like, you know, just like this traditional upward ascent and stability that men were perceived to have just doesn't exist anymore. They can't really, like, own anything. I don't know. I, I'm from, from, like, an economic angle, I feel like this entitlement and this lack of power and this, like, lack of ownership and just, like, doomerism that is so rampant um kind of feeds into this like you know well i need to assert my power i need to i need to like take back what is what i'm owed i need to be you know this this big guy and like he speaks to that i feel like 
and he preys on it basically i don't know what do you think yeah kind of like similar to how the message that like trump had about a return to i don't know a time (laughs) when white people um, had more power i guess um that makes sense because like economically people are struggling um and they want to grasp onto anything that they can and uh, the patriarchy is right there and white supremacy is right there so it's right there yeah and then i don't know that makes sense that makes sense what you're saying and um the internet makes it really easily accessible so it's like low-hanging fruit to to a great degree these people who are like because i know so many men who are these like very secure you know prosperous individuals and they look at this kind of stuff and they're like this is like stupid this is like you know this this to feed into it is already emblematic of like severe internal insecurities and deficiencies like i'm sure he's a really insecure individual himself i mean if you have to have like an he said something really like pedophilic like like 19 18 year old girls are the best because they're like you know the most like virginal or like the most like you know malleable to whatever yeah yeah, it's like really fucked up he's such a freak he has like human trafficking allegations because he lives in like romania or some shit like he can't go back he's an abuser like actual court cases and everything this doesn't really come to a shock Hmm. like when you're kind of seeing this but i think the the degree to which he's captivated a lot of people is like really troubling you know because i think like yeah so in this this kind of like big tech kind of suppression he's been kicked off instagram and youtube i believe i mean the the way that he really got big and you know the ways that i would see him at least would be like these mindless you know he would just come up you know like if you're just on instagram like he'll show up on your explore page or if you're scrolling on tiktok he'll just show up it'll be like a clip of him on a podcast like some random ass fucking podcast <laughs> the irony of us saying this on a random <laughs> fucking podcast no but he'll just be on some random ass podcast and obviously there's like a camera there and it's just like a, a round table of like it's like a circle jerk basically of like random ass fucking whatever we're better we're cooler anyways um (laughs) and and obviously like in in that type of format where like it's a algorithmic thing algorithmic chance and you know through through engagements you get boosted um, you have an incentive to say the most inflammatory stuff right i was just thinking you know you're gonna say like yeah women are property and then maybe throw in some caveats but like stand by that as a basis of your argument Mm-hmm. and like you know it's like it's and it's all noise because like the people who are sympathetic to this message obviously insecure people are like you know he has a point look at everything else that he's saying and the people who are against him are like no this most infl- inflammatory bit of what he's saying is what he's saying and whatever it's all just noise and you know he benefits from it mm-hmm. but this yeah. text suppression angle i don't know dude Oh, like they're censoring him. Yeah, because I, I mean, I said I said this last episode, and I stand by this. Um, 
I d- on the whole, I think tech, tech censorship is a bad thing. Like, for for these, um, and I and I mean it just at a principle, like tech being the one who kind of censors and filters what we consume and how we consume it, and which messages are you know okay and which messages aren't. And I'm not saying that they should leave Andrew Tate, you know, l- let him become more and more inflammatory and more and more popular because I mean that was his trajectory. I'm saying you know this is the f- this is so formulaic like you you've created a platform through which inflammatory rhetoric is the most fruitful and like you know mm. has you know like you have to be inflammatory to get those engagements and to to continue to be streamed or whatever and then you're going to get mad when it this is its logical conclusion you made me think about something else too about like there's literally nothing special about this person um, it could be anyone, like, you know what I'm saying? Could be like, us. No, <laughs> no. What, like, the, what I'm trying to say is that you get rid of him, like, somebody else can like come out and spew the same garbage and have the platform just as big. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't really do much. But then again, uh, that kind of goes to the other point of like, you can't really rely on, um, tech to be the one to make these decisions or like i don't know like solve the issue yeah they don't really have people's best interests at the end of the day but yeah not at all i mean i was um just off this thing that you're saying now like it it's he's not remarkable there's nothing distinctly about him that's like so you know captivating but now he's kind of become this like murder for the cause like oh my message yeah. is so you know salient and so you know <laughs> people like me so much that's why tech is suppressing me and, and it, it's like literally i saw i literally saw this um like s- this guy i know which i didn't think i didn't think he he doesn't strike me as like an andrew tate you know fan or whatever like he posted something about how like oh they they can't take the king off social like some like dick riding ass fucking comment about Andrew Tate like some cult like comment like they can't take him off or whatever the cobra whatever the fuck he calls himself jeez and I was just like oh my god you're you're, like you can't do this thing where like you're like oh we're gonna step in and intervene and you know (laughs) stop this from getting but you it's taken on a life of its own now he has this martyr complex now he has this whole like trump-esque like the the fake new like the institutions the whatever trying to suppress me and they did this with joe rogan as well and joe rogan is not even like a fraction as inflammatory as andrew tate it's just weird you know like i i just don't agree with it makes me feel icky I, i don't really fuck with fuck with big tech yeah why do they want to be the heroes nah but you can't be the heroes you can't you are the villain zuck i got a bone to pick with him (laughs) they were saying in in myanmar he um facebook i mean it was really big there was like this uh whistleblower internally Mm -hmm. it was this like big um kind of like one of the higher ups um spoke out about um how at facebook meta whatever 
there was like to some degree uh like like a conscious you know like you know how like facebook has a ongoing issue of like censorship or like having moderators to kind of sift through content particularly like the more inflammatory one kind like the political and like you know racial um you know like stuff that that people kind of post on there it stokes a lot of divides especially in the third world so in myanmar there were there was like a bunch of content on there along ethnic lines it was being pushed and um it basically fueled a genocide um yeah incredibly fucked up and um it, it was like largely pushed advanced through facebook like through, through facebook groups through messaging because facebook is so massive like w- we kind of deride it as like this old like boomer platform mm-hmm. but like i mean they they still use it heavy out there and it's like um this thing that like the uh, higher ups at meta were kind of aware of but the thing about it was zuck never thought to hire um moderators who spoke burmese or i'm sorry i don't know the language that they speak out there i'm pretty sure it's burmese and this was like a conscious thing and then oh no it devolved into actual outright ethnic cleansing and conflict in these villages that a bunch of people were persecuted and yeah it's really effed and then uh i saw this image on somebody's i think like brad Tremel's instagram and he was like mark zuckerberg mark zuckerberg uh founder of meta who famously spurred the ethnic conflict in you know genocide in myanmar spoke about his greatest failure in life which was (laughs) or his greatest mistake in life which was joining the fencing team in high school jeez and he's like speaking really like emphatically about how he should never have done fencing in high school like a yeah right reptilian shapeshifter (laughs) he's also a freak massive one massive why does he look like that i don't know remember when he was like sipping the water and at his congress hearing no (laughs) because they brought him on and he was like I mean, he's not human. Like, some people, like, this is, like, a right-wing conspiracy theory, but he's, like, look at him and tell me that he's human. (laughs) Something's going on there, like, with the proportions of his face. (laughs) The the proportions of his face. (laughs) The physiognomy is all off. You know that video of him grilling in his backyard? (laughs) No. (laughs) Baby back ribs. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. We need to watch what we're saying. Mm. It's gonna come for us next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to watch our back. For realsies. We have a lot to talk about. What else happened since we um? Biden forgave my s- my loans. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Go Biden. He. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> He's yeah. broke. I'm up. He's <laughs> broke. <I'm> up. <laughs> so it's like, what is it? Ten ten thousand off money down, no <laughs> interest. Like, I yeah, want to read the terms and conditions. Something like that. Yeah, I need to. I need to read the fine print myself. I bookmarked a thread that was talking about it, but I haven't read the fine print. Just 
just wait till we look into it. I mean, the timing of it is mm. pretty interesting to me. Kind of suspicious. Wait. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I think we're on the they're on the cusp of midterm elections or something. Yeah, I think it's fishy. I think it's like, you know, they're trying to they're trying to get the votes up for the midterms. Oh, the ta- after Roe v. Wade. Yeah, they're trying to get their ratings back up. But did you see that video? Like everybody saying that Biden's on Adderall and he's like the most energetic that he's been this whole time. <laughs> when your doctor ups your dose. Yeah, he's like coherent. Can't be a coincidence. Can't be a coincidence. He's um tweak of the week. <laughs> yeah, literally. I don't know. I think I mean I read something also. It was like I mean this is all such like I'm not I'm not saying this to be cynical. I mean like yeah, it's not a bad thing that people's debt are you know debt relief is happening. I don't want to sound like too cynical, but we also have to view things contextually. And the truth is. This is whenever the Democratic Party gives the people crumbs, concessions, it mm-hmm. highlights two things. One, how opportunistic they are, you know, the timing of it all, mm-hmm. near midterms, you know, in, in light of their other massive political failures um, of Roe v. Wade, etc. But it also um, reflects this, like, really disturbing reality that, like, this is well within their fucking... right reach their abilities capacity. yeah their their capacity to do this like and and it, it doesn't just have to be 10 or 20k it could be all of it yeah i mean i'm pretty sure that's what was promised but but yeah it is these little these little campaign promises that are like you know carrots on a stick that they hold over people's heads it's really effed yeah it is really effed up it's also like i don't know it's Another element of it, too, is, like, this is within the context of this recession, the R word that they're scared of. <laughs> the big, <laughs> scary <recession>? R word. <laughs> yeah. Um, the economic slur that they're so scared <laughs> to say. They're raising, the Federal Reserve is literally raising interest rates, and we haven't had to pay back student loans as a nation mm-hmm. since the pandemic, but... If you view this within the context of these payments resuming, they're going to get more expensive. So yes, they will. this is kind of an intentional thing that they're doing to kind of premeditate outrage from their own, you know, by their own design. I'm going to like artificial now. tinkering. Jokes on them. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> Jokes on them. I'm so mad. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of crazy, though, like, thinking about how... Yeah, you're right. Like, they could, they're going to make up that money, like, through interest. Through the interest. And, um... What else was I going to say? I don't know. I feel like amongst young people, at least, I've just heard, like, nobody's going to pay... <laughs> 
and I want to know Th- th- what that's the, the word on the street, people. <laughs> what are the implications of just not paying? No, I remember reading something a while ago about like if you move to another country for such and such amount of time, like 15 years or something, <laughs> you don't have to pay it back. <laughs> but how will they find you? You know, they're gonna have some like special mission task force to like hunt <laughs> hunt down the remaining, you know, Sally May task yeah. force <laughs> yeah political uh, prisoner type there didn't biden like give the irs a lot of money to hunt down dude P- fraud i'm just kidding P- i don't P- know fraud. <laughs> from the from the pandemic yeah do you remember when mm-hmm. everybody was opening an llc i wish i did you should have because hellcat no, llc hellcat me please Ugh. death by yeah. nuance llc Mm-hmm. Had we had the foresight, I we could have been. But you know, we're we're we don't take government handouts. You know, mm, it's we okay. Get it this is mind. just this is just part of my come up story. Honestly, Biden yeah. can keep the the ten k. I'll just grind we're harder. Not, yeah, we're not like Elon Musk. We don't need the federal grants to keep us afloat. You know exactly. We'll just grind harder. Yeah, we we have that grind set mindset instilled within us <laughs> it's the no yeah yeah but i mean it's really interesting everything that's been developing out here gas prices have been going down a smidgen but oh yeah i went on a mini road trip to chicago last week wait yeah last week and uh, the gas prices were like four dollars in some places, and other places two dollars. Crazy. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no consistency. I'm declaring a fatwa on <laughs> gas. Pri- <laughs> I keep saying that. I keep saying. I keep saying that I'm declaring a fatwa. Something. And it's but the reason it's why funny I, every time. It's funny every time, but it's like, yo, you're pushing it. You're really pushing <laughs> it, aren't you? <laughs> I'll be talking to people it's and they're okay. like, "Can you stop? Like, I have, I have, you know, flights to catch. I have to get through TSA. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't have you. It's like an, it's like an occupational hazard. Sorry, but <laughs> the reason why I'm speaking about it is because I, I kind of went down this rabbit hole. We had like talked about it earlier, but like, um, the the shit that went down with Salman Rushdie, um, mm. who, um, I don't fuck with that guy, anyways. Like fatwa aside <laughs> but <laughs> i mean it just i don't like him he's blasphemous he's weird he looks funny he um <laughs> no listen listen he used to be married to padma lakshmi this is such an aside but do you know who that is padma lakshmi can't say that i do okay google her right now gorgeous gorgeous woman have you seen top chef she's like the host she like just goes around and tastes oh. people's foods dishes with her, you know, sultry voice. And she's oh, gorgeous. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. She was with him. They, like, were married and they had kids. Oh, my gosh. Or, like, one kid or something. And I don't get it. I was like, well, what the F? Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, he's, like, a pretty famous writer or whatever. I never read one of his books. I w- it was assigned. I had to read one of his books for this like stupid ass class i was taking 
in undergrad. This was like during the online year. It was South Asian politics through film and literature. So stupid. It was taught by this white guy in the entire class. I was like, well, why? Why is he so obsessed with South Asia? What's his qualification? Did he go on some like Indian yoga spiritual journey? No, he had an Indian wife. Truth always comes at me. Uh, Fuck that guy. He used to like confuse geez. me with the other brown girls in the class, and I'd be like, I hate you. But yeah, he made he assigned he assigned Midnight Children or something, and like I had I downloaded the the PDF, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not reading this shit. And I used to I used to like make up all of my reflections, and he's like, this is a really astute astute observation. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I didn't I didn't read the book. That's funny. I'm just I'm hating from outside the club. But anyways, I've heard really bad things about him. Like he was really demanding in a relationship and like abusive. Yeah, I'm reading that right now. Yeah, you read the sexually demanding marriage. This is what I'm saying. I mean, they have a massive age gap and um, uh, clear, you know, incongruency in appearances. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's fucking hideous. He's so (laughs) ugly. He's very unfortunate looking. Like he looks. Okay, let me not be. Um, but I just mean in relatively speaking, but also generally. And this whole thing, I was thinking about it. I was like, this is so, I mean, I'm sure like pretty girls love like an intellectual guy or whatever, you know, guilty as charged. But, (coughs) but he's also just like a dickhead. Like, I don't know. It was also like this, this like he had, I think he's like a 20, 30 years older than her. I think women sometimes do this thing. Sorry, this is such an aside. We'll get back to the fatwas in a second. Don't you worry. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think women do this thing where, like, they, they're with an older guy because they think that, like, oh, you know, he's he's more mature. He's in a different place in his life. You know, he can better provide wisdom. or whatever. Yeah, security. wisdom, security. Exactly. And we do know that, like, you know, of course, this is very, like, binary, stereotypical judgment I'm making, but allow it. Um, women's brains develop faster than men's or whatever they just have this argument and while that may be true on the surface there's a greater sense of security because they have more money or whatever you might have you might have like more intellectual conversations when an older man does something stupid if they're acting immature those deficiencies are so much more profound Mm. like you just it's just like oh my god like at your big age this is how you're acting this is how you're moving you know like this sexually demanding like that's so high school like oh my god (laughs) grow up (laughs) you can't you can't stand being told no i mean it's and it's even more vile and disgusting because he's so much older and right they're in an adult relationship i don't know that's what do you think about well i mean just in general like older people i feel like we kind of talked about it well ish when we're talking about Andrew Tate, but, like, we'll seek out younger women because more power, you know? Mm-hmm. I can exert my power over you more easily. And then levels of maturity are different, but for sure, like, uh, it is more pronounced. Like, you have, you had all this time, and you're not any more compassionate, emotionally mature. Like, yeah. 
I don't know. And it's not that's not to say like I'm not declaring a fatwa against <laughs> age gap relationships. This is not the Hodge ruling. Do not worry. Um, I'm not opposed to them. I just think that like you just need to be really strategic about them. Yeah, and yeah, I you think need like to be aware of these things. Yeah, be be aware of these things. Like understand that like if you're a younger woman, an older guy is probably most definitely with you, not because he thinks you're charming and bright, but most like i mean maybe he does think that but also <laughs> you can't be so naive as to think that he's not <laughs> like you know what this is yeah, a major yeah, yeah. thing yeah 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 and also older men don't be so naive as to think she likes you cuz your personality it's like you know you probably have something that she wants that like you know she can't get from like a younger po- possibly possibly more financially insecure dude this is a really like i don't i don't even mean to say this is in like a really cynical way but in terms of like a equitable transaction between these two dynamics it just has to you just have to really work on a balancing act otherwise you're gonna fall into these weird padmalakshi salman rushdie andrew tate ass fucking exploitative (laughs) disgusting (laughs) i don't know (laughs) there's a way to do it right basically is what i'm saying and i don't know back to the fatwas back to the fatwas (laughs) yeah no very insightful very insightful Thank you, thank you. I was um thinking about it. I was like thinking about a bunch of other fatwas. There's like a list on Wikipedia, and I was scrolling through them, and some of them are actually fucking hilarious. I want to, I want to, I want to read a few out. But for those of you who don't know, a fatwa is basically like an Islamic clerical ruling, like a a verdict on something, basically. Um, and it isn't, it isn't like a con- inherently a condemnation. It's kind of just like a ruling. Like a clerical ruling on something. It mm. could be for if something's permissible, it could be against something or whatever. And it isn't necessarily action based, but of course, as you know, people kind of go too far. But uh, yeah, so I mean, th- like it's going back to the 1800s, there was, there's fatwas against Western colonialism. Mm-hmm. There was a fatwa against vaccines <laughs> in <laughs> 1845. In the Ottoman Empire, um, 1891 fatwa against tobacco. Um, this ruling by the Iranian Mirza Shirazi that prohibited smoking as long as a British tobacco monopoly was in effect, which is really, I mean, it's inherently political as well. Right. 1951 fatwa on, s- on soft drinks. <laughs> this is in Egypt. An Egyptian mufti ruled that. Coca-Cola and Pepsi were permissible for Muslims to drink. God bless. <laughs> Where would we be without this fatwa? <laughs> but it, it's just like, as long as it, it wasn't like a narcotic or like an intoxicant. There's a 1980 fatwa on singing, listening to music. 1990s fatwa on nuclear weapons. Legalized nuclear bombs. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading it now. How did they come to the decision? Like, What's the process like? I'm not familiar. I'm just imagining like a bunch of bearded muftis and clerics are getting together in a room. And someone brings in some tea and they sit around and they're like, okay, stroking their beards. And they're like, what do we think? What do we think? There's a a big decision. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Would love to be a fly on the wall, but I am, of course, a woman. But I don't know. Can I? Can I declare a fatwa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have 
have many. I'm declaring a fatwa on boys getting their eyebrows done. I'm declaring a fatwa on Tinder. I'm declaring a fatwa on Shein. I'm declaring a fatwa. Oh, you have your own list. No, I mean these are off the dome. I mean, I I can I can keep going. Keep going. I'm declaring a fatwa on house music, <laughs> the bad kind. <laughs> um, oh, okay, okay. It's permissible, but in certain cases, you have to you have to be really like you know specific. I'm declaring a fatwa on Chelsea boots. <laughs> 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 what would you declare a fatwa on, Tia? Uh, gee, I don't know. Skinny jeans. <laughs> no, I hate I'm, pants. Guilty, <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm going to hell then. <laughs> Tight pants. I love skinny jeans. What? I can't wear skinny jeans. You already know where I stand on that. I know why. Uh, it's a bit sensitive. Skinny <laughs> jeans are like this. This is the issue with the whole like you know trend cycle or whatever. Because people are like, you can't wear skinny jeans, and it's like it was a fatwa against skinny jeans informally, <laughs> and everybody stopped wearing them. But the key, the key to it was just to keep wearing them and fake all the normies out because I never went in style. You just yeah, to, that's like, how it is with a lot of things, isn't it? You just have to remain, remain firm. sturdy, remain solid. Remain sturdy, yeah. You can't let them unwavering. Exactly, dude. Did you okay? Did you hear about the um, attempted assassination on? That Russian theorist, political commentator guy, Dugin. Mm-mm. Yeah. So apparently, there's so there's this guy, Alexander Dugin, who's like described as like a political philosopher, or whatever, in Russia, and a lot of his like theories are like this kind of like reactionary, like expansionist m- neo-Russian. Soviet Empire, like reminiscent of like the Soviet Empire, but um, like kind of like aggressionary towards like Georgia and Ukraine, etc. And this is like this this like political theorist that a lot of people are attributing um, to be pulling the strings for Putin, mm-hmm. like his his political mastermind or whatever. And they they like claim that his in this like weird like Rasputin dynamic, which I think is a bit like r- russophobic. I I I don't know. I don't I don't know how much weight I give behind these like arguments because of course it's like MSNBC and like right. weird CNN commentators making these kind of like red scare comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's he's been attributed to like being the theoretical laying the theoretical f- uh, groundwork for the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, so some like dissidents or whatever um, planted a car bomb mm-hmm. um, to assassinate him. But what ended up happening was his daughter, daughter. got in the car. Yeah. 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 Mm. So there's a video of like the, the car going up in flames and, you know, obviously his daughter passing away in it and him just standing kind of aside with like his, his hands on his head, just like totally dumbfounded as like he literally watches his do- his daughter burn to death in a bomb that was meant to be for him Jeez, that's so sad yeah yeah and uh, but then but then a bunch of people are um 
like commenting on that video i think popular front posted posted a video and a bunch of people in the comments are like smoking on dugan pack like just like this re- like just really like stupid you know mm-hmm. kind of crass comments that are like you know fuck him free ukraine like a bunch of ukrainian emojis and i'm just like this doesn't feel right to me that like is what marvel movies have done to the mind <laughs> that is yeah and like okay maybe this guy is a bad person uh like n- near neo eurasian movement is is what he's about it's kind of like mm. neo fascist whatever russian empire um but to rejoice in this is like disturbing to me i don't know it's just mm-hmm. like i'm i'm just i'm just watching the video ju- just just like on a purely psychological level watching the video of like a man who's watching his child burned to death in a car bomb and you're in the comments being nationalistic mm-hmm. i don't know like rub me wrong and it's also like this yeah it's just this really weird thing that's going on now it's like is is this is this like a victory for ukraine is this what we're calling it like 40 billion dollars and this is the greatest you know militaristic achievement like yeah yeah no that's sick and twisted that people are saying that and they're so like far removed from the conflict and like understanding the who's pulling the strings and the role of what you the u.s is playing it's really sick and twisted yeah 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 yeah. i mean and this is not to say that like I'm, i'm defending this guy who's very clearly a fascist i'm not you know like i think less fascist is a good thing in the world but like i'm just i'm just speaking about this big picture and like well, yeah, the response. The response, yeah, yeah, yeah. I d- it just, like, rubbed me wrong. Because at the same time, I'm viewing this within the context of people who like to virtue signal and be mm. really self-righteous when it comes to a bunch of these things. Um, but again, like, I-, I think, like, this Ukraine is a testament to the, both, like, the marvelification of, like, <laughs> geopolitics, but also just, like, it, it just laid bare for confrontation this like really really warped sense of like orientalist understandings of war i guess Mm -hmm. like we know the whole like blonde blonde hair blue eyes comment and we were seeing the implications of this um in like the refugee crisis that's spurring from it i don't know Um, my point my point is like i guess if we see the trajectory of this um conflict which if we're being honest here is one of the greatest you know developments of our generation in terms of like shifting paradigms and the global implications mm-hmm. um and i'm not being facetious here but like our generation's 9-11 or whatever just like as in, in terms of like the corollaries like if, if we like can trace back a definitive instance of like aggression or invasion or whatever to have a bunch of implications in the global social order whatever it's going to be the invasion of ukraine and we're already seeing this um with like massive energy crisis unfolding 
mm. um, food shortages unfolding. Right. It's it's already intense. There's been uprisings in Sri Lanka, Sierra, Sierra Leone, parts of Latin America already over like rising energy costs. You know, the the wheat shortage that directly has to do with Ukraine is already unfolding as well. Like in conjunction, this is just gonna be a fucking, you know, insane restructuring of like, you know, global global allegiances, power dynamics as well. I, I I almost I almost feel like America didn't premeditate this before it threw all of its weight behind <laughs> Ukraine like this, but I mean it's it's really like it, it took a risk because I think once push comes to shove and the energy crisis becomes more acute, um, as Europe is already feeling, parts of Europe are already feeling France, Germany, etc. Um, I think there's gonna come a point when like America's threats, you know, don't really have the same weight to them as they do when maybe you have mass uprisings within your population over rising costs of energy and living and food shortage, et cetera, like the threats of America maybe aren't going to feel as heavy. Different countries, maybe Russia will get the upper hand in terms of like a, you know, glo- like I, I'm not saying this, I'm not putting a value judgment on like this is a good thing. American hegemony is going to be, f- you know, I'm not saying it like that. I mean, this is purely speculative, and I also think that like shit could get really scary, and that's what it's looking like it's going to get. Because um, mm. I'm just saying, like major implications that we need to watch unfold and that are already unfolding. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's gonna have like particularly devastating effects on the global south, and mm. I feel like it's our job to be aware and. Uh, track these movements i think and stand in solidarity with them from where we are well if you are in the u.s at least <laughs> well from everywhere yeah yeah they're, i mean because they're, they're already saying that it's going to be like this neo-colonial thing where um in response to the energy crisis or like uh, i mean large amounts of oil were sourced through at, at least mm-hmm. in europe through russian pipelines once this line has been cut off, it's like we're going to look elsewhere. And, of course, gr- green energy exists, but we know this isn't, like, a totally clean form of energy as mm-hmm. like it's ostensibly presented as. But um, there was this tweet about how France is already looking towards, um, was it Libya or Yemen? Um for for like to t- to kind of like take over an oil refinery or leave like or like lead a militaristic thinly veiled humanitarian type um excursion which we know you know to be truly a pursuit of oil like energy mm. so the reality is that yes this is this may spur like this new european um race for energy or that that and like oil that's going to have a bunch of these really fucked up implications if we're thinking about it in terms of like the traditional militaristic extractive pursuits in you know wars for oil in the american Mm -hmm. sense we know that destabilization premeditated destabilization is a major major factor here with sanctions which yeah obviously like are formulated to create conditions of precarity helplessness you know deprivation amongst the domestic population to kind of create the formula, create the perfect condition for 
unrest, regime change, mm-hmm. you know, insert foreign troops, UN peacekeeping mission to create, etc. Mm-hmm. Just just cooking up this like recipe for disaster under which is like ideal for foreign intervention. When you have like a, a food and energy crisis already, you don't need to do all that. You know, if the conditions are already there, the unrest already exists, the instability already exists. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. when that happens, people look upwards. You know, they look up and, and they see an administration, like in Sri Lanka, when they stormed the presidential palace. And that was like a, a moment of, like, you know, working class resistance where the people were like, yeah, you, dude, you're literally like hoarding resources while we, you know, starve. And this is coupled with like inflation and like the American economy and the dumps co- compounding all of this. Which, I don't know, I'm wary of another, like, Arab Spring-esque situation unfolding. Because we know how that went down, of mm-hmm. course. Or maybe you don't. And if you don't, then you should look into the real truth behind it. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm kind of rambling, but this is, I don't know, I think. Yeah, I I was considering the unrest, but I was not considering the regime change. Definitely, yeah. there are conditions that make that easier. And, um, yeah. yeah. Scary to like think Because uh, regime change, like, fundamental rearrangements of, like, trade agreements, mm-hmm. WTO, IMF, World Bank, you know, entanglements, debt trapping new new like yeah, yeah it's ju- it's just like I'm, I'm just saying there's like a great potential for it to go either way and mm-hmm. i mean like y- you kind of just have to be wary of this but also be conscious that and then like trace this back to what's unfolding in ukraine is like th- i mean this is this is a real story to me is my point mm-hmm. because what's gonna happen in ukraine is just a protracted quagmire you know america's gonna perpetually be funneling billions of dollars into this and an aggressionary move against Russia. It never wanted peace. It never wanted, you know, amicable relations relations between the two nations. We know yeah. this to be a fact because Obama was literally funding neo-Nazis and arming them mm-hmm. under his administration, which was liberal, mind you. Like, we, we know the real intentions here. So I'm saying, like, if, if we keep virtue signaling and, and like, if, if at every in every sh- storefront we see the red and and the blue and yellow flag, and it just becomes mm-hmm. like stand with Ukraine. Amazon donating a portion, like all of, like this Everywhere is so really. trivial. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is so trivial, and it's like it's. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that people dying I- is trivial, but like again, nuance. No. You know, yeah. No. The virtue signaling is the virtue trivial. signaling. Zoom in. Zoom out. This is just not the right frame of view to, no, to to analyze no. this. I also just think it's funny because, like, I think in France, Macron was talking about how, like, the golden age or something for Russian, I mean, for, for French society, like, in the age of comfort is over. And now we must, he was saying some bullshit like that while he was sitting in his presidential palace. <laughs> Wait, so why I think, is like, he saying that? Because of uh, the energy crisis. I mean, oh, the UK is already okay. going through an energy crisis as well, rising cost of energy. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, but the irony of that, like, and, and also, like, if, you, if you're thinking about, like, within these m- metropole countries, the austerity that might induce internal protests as well, Yellow mm. Vest-esque in France. I mean, it's really interesting. Th- this is what I'm talking about. 
the the, the a paradigm shift like this, yeah, it's fundamentally altering potential. Mm-hmm. That's a bit too excited. <laughs> Political yeah. science graduates should be like, this is so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real pattern noticer. Yeah, facts. I do hashtag patterning. <laughs> Yo, do you still use pattern apps? Um, yeah. I used it the other day when we hung out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we did. We ran some yeah. patterns. We ran some we patterns. We ran the numbers. We, we crunched the numbers. We were running the, the forecast. They kind of do this thing where it's like, well, pattern has always been the superior astrological. Yeah, it's almost pseudoscience like app. too, um, some of the stuff hits a little too close to home. Yeah. yeah, because it's like it's like if people don't know, you should definitely download the pattern app. This isn't sponsored, but it just tells you patterns about yourself, and it kind of like does this like daily reminder things, and like it just tells you what to be conscious of, maybe like your mood, like Are subconscious tendencies. What's your timing right now? Let's timing reveal. Let me pull it up. Mine is changes at home, which is really accurate right now mm-hmm. and unexpected changes in the world which is like pattern is getting uh political pattern is <laughs> where does pattern stand on the attempted assassination of Dugan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my pattern right now is um opening up oh jeez oh <laughs> <laughs> Opening up. I have four months. I ha- guys, get in now because I only have four <laughs> more months of opening up. Other <laughs> and then after this, I'm a closed book, okay? <laughs> get in while you can. Word, word. Yeah, I'm not going to have shit to say <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also uh, finding happiness within. Aw, that's beautiful. Good yeah, stuff, good stuff. Everything's trying. Yeah, you can add people as well. So, if you want to deep dive into my add DBN on, on add DBN. <laughs> Let's run DBN's birth chart. What DBN is definitely like? There's some Virgo in there for sure. Oh, for sure, sees. What's the cheekiest sign? Because it's definitely that as well. Gemini. I feel like Gemini is a cheeky sign. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm. Virgo sun Gemini rising, so mm. there's some Libra in there. There's some like yeah. a sprinkle of Libra. There's definitely Scorpio. Oh yeah, for sure. Heavy. For sure. Sometimes we get vengeful. <laughs> <laughs> They're so passionate. They're so passionately emphatic. In all capitals. <laughs> <laughs> Fun and flirty. Which is our ethos, of course. Mm-hmm. This is um, this is um, this is our gestures privilege. This is what we're, <laughs> we're we're about. This is what we're about. We're allowed to say provocative things because, at the end of the day, it's all just. It is. At any rate, yeah. Should we should we wrap up? I think so, cause um, my tummy is grumbling. <laughs> 
I don't. I hope the mic isn't picking picking it up because that's embarrassing. But yeah. But yeah. Let's let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. Um, thank you for listening. Um, thank you so much. We hope you're just as excited as we are that we're back back in business. Yes, back in better than ever, and we'll have some fun and exciting stuff coming. Yeah. Very soon. IRL. BBN goes IRL. BBN <laughs> goes IRL. Listen, listen. We're going hard. We're going in and we're going hard. Exactly. Don't you worry. We promise we'll never stop going in. For you. For us. For <laughs> the culture. For the for the fans. So follow us on IG and stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Peace. Peace.